Welcome to Innovate at Open, the podcast that explores open source through the lenses of distributed collaboration, collective invention, and technology creation. I'm your host, Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat. Hi, everyone. This is Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat on an other edition of the Innovate at Open podcast. And today I have Ohad Meislish with M0. And we're going to talk about uh, governance and multi-clouds and portability uh, on top of um, cloud native uh, cloud native infrastructure. So Ohad, why, why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us briefly about your company? First of all, Gordon, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being on on your podcast. So yeah, my, my name is Ohad Meislish. I'm one of the founders and CEO of a company named M0. Basically, we're infrastructure is called management, focusing on, on Terraform, but also other multi-frameworks such as Ansible. And we're doing to infrastructure as code what GitHub basically did to Git, allowing the governance, collaboration, everything needed as a solution rather than just yet another technical framework. So that's more or less what we do. We are strong believers in open source. So we manage existing open sources such as Ansible and, and Terraform, and we just released a few days ago our own uh, our, our own open source for Terraform called TerraTag, which does automatic tagging for a uh, for Terraform resources for better better cost management and the division between different uh, sections in your cloud account. Open source is very important for N0. So let's take things up maybe a level here and sure. you, you co-found a company. What were you looking at out there and say, hey, this is a problem that isn't really being addressed today? We, we look at infrastructure as called the third data center revolution. Okay, it's a big trend. The first one being virtualization like 20 years ago, led by VMware and ZenSource. So companies stopped using physical servers and then moved to virtual machines. Then, obviously, like 10 years ago, the shift to public cloud. So companies no longer have the, those rooms with air conditions and servers, but they have a credit card and they pay for cloud providers. And people used to click buttons in order to provision cloud resources, but now nobody is clicking those buttons anymore. And instead, people are writing, maintaining, and executing infrastructure as code. Those DevOps engineers now need to develop code. And, and we just saw this huge shift and you know, shift left for developers to have much more influence over the infrastructure decisions and just the way you know the cloud now works, it's not by clicking buttons, it's by code and everything needs to be managed in a different way that is more suitable for, for developers, that you catch the things earlier and you collaborate differently within the organization. So with this huge shift to infrastructure as code, we're focusing on just being the cloud management platform built on top of infrastructure as code. And that's it. One of the interesting trends we've seen in the last few years is when we first started to talk about hybrid cloud or multi-cloud, it was sort of in this context of things like cloud bursting and having applications living across a number of different clouds. I think arguably that hasn't really played out, but what has really played out in the hybrid cloud, the multi-cloud space is, first of all, this desire to have multi-regions, uh, for instance, for uh, data, data governance, data compliance, and also this idea of 
I don't want to commit to a single cloud provider for the rest of time, and I do want my applications to be portable, if not in a minute-by-minute basis. So what are you seeing in that space? The actual original story of M0 started with a multi-region project. Basically, before M0, I had a services company, and one of my customers had AWS production in, in the United States, and then they were facing a number of European-based customers that were unwilling to put their data in the United States, and they wanted to put it in Europe. Basically, the Europeans want to put it somewhere in Europe. The Germans want to put it specifically in Germany. So they decided to open another region in Frankfurt, Germany. And although they had Terraform implemented, it was too complicated for them to support multi-region environments. And then we felt the gap between a technical solution like Terraform code and an actual environment management platform for you know business solution for for such a customer. So the need for multi-region for different kind of reasons like like you you described. Sometimes there's so many reasons why to go multi-cloud. Sometimes it's about cost or, or just uh, no vendor locking or a high availability and, and, and full tolerance and compliance and, and sometimes better technology, you have GKE as the first managed Kubernetes in, in Google or BigQuery and other things in, in other clouds. So sometimes you want cloud native to run it perfectly on on some technology that exists only in one cloud and uh, still doesn't exist on others. So there are a bunch of great reasons why companies are using multi-cloud. And you know, for us at M0, we just see the, the entire the entire set of reasons, and we just want to provide value for those that want to manage their environments in such multi, such complicated multi-cloud uh, situations. You've mentioned complexity a couple of times. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm interested in where you see the specific complexity points that have been a particular problem with customers that you've talked to, and then maybe you could go into some of the specific things that you're doing to address complexity. So I think one of the biggest challenges is, is cloud cost. Okay, There is this phrase of uh, cloud bill shock that every month you get the bill, and with that comes comes the shock that you weren't expecting. We, we call that the shift from CapEx cloud to OPEX cloud, because you used to know how much you're going to pay for those resources. Obviously, when you paid for physical servers and licenses, you paid a fixed amount, and then you you, you paid a little amount uh, on ongoing basis. But when you shifted to cloud, it was more uh, you know on demand, but it's even increased even more because unlike VMs, EC2 instances, that you have fixed price per month, but how much you're gonna pay, now with different architecture, you have no idea how much you're gonna pay because how much you're gonna pay for BigQuery, how much you're gonna pay for Lambda, how much you're gonna pay for auto scaling group Kubernetes cluster. You have no idea. It's depends it depends on the usage. So the developer for sure have the developers for sure have no 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 idea. So all in all, what hap- what's happening is that developers are writing code and nobody you know can expect what's going to be the bottom line in the you know in the cloud cost. So now there are like some reactive solutions that try to look at the cloud resources that were created and try to give you some insights on what you're paying for, but they lack context to the actual business, what, you pay, what, what you're paying for. Let's say you're bookings.com, you don't want to know that you're paying for VMs, for compute. You want to know if, how much you pay for flights versus hotels versus current, or things that have more effect on, 
on your business. So we see that companies struggle and do in-house projects in order to better get cost governance and visibility on, on their cloud to reduce this cloud bill shock. I think it's what been one of the real surprises maybe over the last well, 10 years or whatever with cloud because there were a lot of people saying up front that, well, you know, look how big Amazon is. Nobody can compete with that. So, of course, Amazon's going to be cheaper than you can do it yourself. And now we have people whose consultants whose whole business is just helping customers figure out their AWS bill. And sometimes they even suggest that you do some re-architecture to divide some services to different cloud accounts. All of those, you know, are synthetic operations for you to better manage your, your cloud costs. There is no end-to-end solution that will just allow you to understand what you're doing in your own existing way and provide you value. You need to work hard. You need to do a lot of changes in order to better understand what you're doing. And that's why you see a lot of consultants and companies focusing on reducing that pain in, in a manual kind of way. When we started, we we talked a little bit about gover- governance and policy and multi-region, but I'd like to get back to that and drill down a little bit more in terms of what you see as some of the things that people tend to get wrong around governance and policy and what is keeping them from doing a better job? Is it knowledge, skills, tools, what have you? I think, first of all, it's the lack of tools. Okay, if we look on, you know, performance, okay, a problem that was solved about 10 years ago that developers write code that is inefficient regarding performance because there used to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, debate if something works slowly, is it an infrastructure problem or an application problem? But great tools like AppDynamics, New Relic, and now Datadog basically solve that problem. And you have TVs on the, you know, in the rooms of developers when you used to go to the office. Now nobody goes to the office, but you used to have TVs on those rooms with those monitors. And you know the, the developers knew immediately if if their deployments cause a degradation in performance. So tools solve this problem. And same goes for security, shifting left security, like a great company named Snick, for example. And some some of the problems are being solved shifting left for developers, but there are no great tools for developers regarding cost. The cost is still an operational problem, focusing on the operation teams and developers have no visibility on on what's going on so they they don't care if you don't give the ability to help yourself okay you 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 will not be able to care so now it's a problem that is in the operational team and not about the developers because the industry just lacks the the right tools of what apm like neuralic did to performance and zero tries to do for cost. That seems to be another fairly familiar theme because you were talking about SNCC, for example, and security, mm-hmm. is there is somewhat this, there's been this ongoing debate about, you know, like, for instance, in security, how much should be on the developers to understand all this security stuff versus laying the security experts do it. And on the one hand, you'll shift left. Yeah, ideally, it would all be Developers would take care of this stuff. In practice, developers are getting 
overloaded with all of these things that they're expected. So what were some of the things that that you took into account in terms of making this something that developers could really understand and use without a lot of specialized knowledge about, for example, data governance policies? Simplicity is the word, okay? So you have to build a simple product that you don't need to be an expert in a domain to understand what's going on. So, you know, just automatically, automation, okay, to automatically provide you value in, in, you know, a UI or interface that makes sense for you to simplify the, the situation. And Sneak that, uh, did that in, uh, in security. I think we're doing that in cost and basically to provide self-service and governance. So for Sneak, it's a self-service to develop code and the governance for security. We are providing self-service for provisioning of cloud resources. So any developer or any QA or any sales engineer or any DevOps engineer that want to provision cloud resources can do it easily. And we build on top of that automatically governance mechanism that ensures that the guardrails are, are being kept safe and nothing bad happens. Now, you work with a number of different clouds, multi-region, and so forth. That sounds like a pretty challenging exercise in terms of mapping cost in that kind of a heterogeneous environment. So what are some of the things you've done? That's a great question. It's a big problem. And for us as a startup, we cannot say that we solve everything, okay? Sometimes people say with Jenkins, you can save the world because Jenkins is a platform that you can run so many things on that. So technically you can do a lot of things with Jenkins, but all in all, Jenkins is more focused on on the CI, on the continuous integration uh, area. So I think with M0, we've realized that, you know, where the biggest market, where the biggest pains at the moment are the three main clouds, okay? AWS, Azure, and Google, that's, where we focus regarding cost, our, our solution provides value for, for others. Like we have customers in IBM Cloud and Oracle and, and even in VMware and, and some others, but regarding the cost modules, the cost automation and governance, we focus on the three main clouds. We, we've realized it makes sense for us to start providing value on those three. And, and also it was first was AWS, then we implemented Google and Azure exists a few months now, one by one. You mentioned Ansible and Terraform and kind of cloud-native open source more broadly. How do, how do you work with those products? Okay, so we we see that, you know, now this podcast is like 20 minutes. Uh, I assume thousands, maybe more than thousands of lines of code are being written as we speak in Terraform YAMLs and Ansible files. Okay, and, and, and others like CloudFormation, ARM templates, Bulumi, infrastructures, code frameworks, and configuration management. But all in all, the de facto standards nowadays for provisioning cloud resources is Terraform, and the de facto standard for configuring applications is Ansible. So we see more and more those files are being, being written. And what M0 does, does, it requests read access to your already existing code. And then with that, you can provide value. For example, if you need environment spell developer, you can execute Terraform to provision something and then Ansible to configure those new provision resources. 
And M0, for example, allows you to add time to live policy. Okay, that's one of our one of our features. So, you know, there, there is a problem. I, you know, for me it was uh, I personally did that mistake a few times in my life that I provisioned cloud resources for something and then just forgot about it. <laughs> okay, and sometimes it took me a few days to realize that I forgot something and I was ashamed. And one time it took me seven months. I remember that exact day that I accidentally, you know, looked at my, it was a Google, Google Cloud account. And I looked at my Google Cloud account and there it was, two Kubernetes clusters I provisioned for some quick testing seven months ago. So in N0, the admin, the DevOps can easily, for example, define time to leave policies. Let's say by default, you provision those for one day or three days and maximum you get one month. Okay, so developers or anybody who needs cloud resources provision those. And unless said otherwise, they are being provisioned with the default time to live, let's say three days. And if they want an extension, they can request up to one month. If they want for some reason, more than one month, it's still possible You just need to open a ticket in M0 and then admin approve that manually. But the vast majority of the regular flow is just you know being uh, protected in such in such a way. So that's the value. You already have Terraform code. You already have Ansible code that configures those resources that were created with Terraform. How you manage to execute it to execute that in a way that is safe for the organization. So the time to leave policy is one of the examples that what M0 does in order to uh, you know to ensure a company safe usage of this great new technology, which is infrastructure as code. Anything else you'd like to add? Yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned in the beginning of our talk, we're talking about open source. M0 just launched a few days ago a new open source named TerraTag. It's free MPL2 license. Anybody can use it and contribute. We'll be more than happy to see more and more people contribute to that. So TerraTag is for Terraform developers that can automatically and recursively tag resources in your code and third-party code that you use. And we support the three main clouds, AWS, Google, and Azure. So if you just use TerraTag, it's free. You can automatically understand what you're paying for in your cloud account and reduce this cloud bill shock. So just give it a shot. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Gordon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovate at Open. For future episodes, subscribe to Innovate at Open on your favorite podcast app. You can also go bitmason, B-I-T-M-A-S-O-N, dot blogspot.com for show notes, blogs, and a full archive of episodes and more. Thank you for listening. This is Gordon Half, Technology Evangelist at Red Hat.